0: Hey everyone, quick note on this show, this was recorded Thursday before the Flyers-Kings game, so the, the winless streak is over. Huzzah! But, you know, still probably not in a great situation. Anyway, enjoy the show. Phantoms Fix Hello and welcome back to the Phantoms Fix. I am your host, Steve Chico. Back here with the wonderful Madeline Campbell, Maddie Campbell, to talk about all things Phantoms. Maddie, how's it going over on your end? It, it, it's going. It's solidly
1: going. That's all I got.
0: Solidly going. <laughs> that's one way to put it. I, it's just, it's so tough as people who cover the Flyers for Broad Street Hockey to to stay optimistic and talk about anything hockey right now because it's just uh, the team's on a 13 game winless streak right now it's just abysmal so i'm hoping that turning the attention over to the lehigh valley phantoms for you know a, a little under an hour should help things out be a little bit more positive and uh certainly at this juncture it appears to be more positive than it was last time we spoke a couple months back. Uh the phantoms now actually have points. I think they had a couple points last time but they they have many points now.
1: They sure do. It's um I don't really know what happened here, but <laughs> um they had a little bit of a break uh right around when we last talked. It was like every other team in the AHL was shut down with COVID issues, but the Phantoms somehow avoided it for the time being. They've obviously had their issues since then, but (laughs) they had a nice little bit of practice time and then came back and just are like can't stop picking up points.
0: Well, that's a nice problem to have right there. I mean, this team is now currently 12, 13, 6, and 2, although it's really 12, 13, and 8, as we we discussed previously. I I forget if we discussed that on the show or off, because I was so confused by looking at the standings they have there, where they have uh, shootout losses listed in a different column than overtime losses. I'm like, does that make a difference? But it's the same amount of points, folks. Same amount, but that's how it's listed. But uh, regardless, they're seventh in the Atlantic Division in the AHL, and they're actually above a couple teams, which is nice. They're above the the Muscle Penguins, the Steroid Penguins, and the Bridgeport Islanders. So uh, congrats to the Phantoms for not being dead last. And and the opposite of their parent club, the Flyers, who have just descended and blasted their way into the bottom of the standings with uh, consecutive, not consecutive, but uh, two separate 10-plus game winless streaks. So that's... uh, that's fun, but concentrating on the Phantoms, they're 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10, and as you listed here since we last talked, they have 9 wins, 2 overtime losses, 1 shootout loss in 14 games, and before that, 3 wins in their first 19 games. So, you know, heading right to it, the big question is, Ian LaPerriere, has he improved as a coach since the beginning of the season? Has he made adjustments? Like, what's different with this team?
1: You know, I, like I sort of alluded to, I really do think that the amount of practice time they had during that little break really did help them out. I don't know if it was just a matter of time for them to kind of settle into their new system. Um, I haven't like looked super, super closely at like the tactical minutia and whether Vigneault being fired at the NHL level has kind of freed them up from having to do some things that weren't working in the flyer system and also not working for them for just like continuity's sake. Um, But it's just in general, they're looking a whole lot more cohesive. That was a real problem before. Like nobody just really seemed like they knew what they were doing within the system. Um, They look a lot more settled. Now they can actually do breakouts, which is great. It's just, yeah, everything is like a little bit tidier now. Oh, wow.
0: Well, that's a big improvement right there. It's something that I think we could use a lot of with the parent club, with the Flyers, because the, the Flyers, nothing is tidy right now. They are just a complete mess. And it's good to hear that the practice time, despite what Alan Iverson has said about practice in the past, is a difference maker. And it really seems to have helped this team uh, gel a little bit.
1: Definitely. And like, especially with the new coach, I don't, know, yeah, how much time they were able to dedicate to, like, new tactical things heading into the season. Um But too much practice time can not be a great thing, but I think it did, in this specific case, really benefit them.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you've got a new coach, you've got a new system, and again, with Elaine Vigneault being fired at the, the Flyers level, the Phantoms really... I don't know if they took that opportunity to kind of form their own system, because I can't imagine Mike Yo's really got the the kind of pull to say who's got to do what. I mean, it feels like he could get canned any day now. And no offense to Mike Yo, who's doing, I'm sure, the best job he can in, in very difficult circumstances. But I think the writing is on the wall that he is not the guy after this interim period. So... You know, this is a good opportunity for Ian LePerrier to kind of uh, make his own name. And as we pointed out before, this is his first time as a head coach of a hockey team at a professional level. I, I don't know if he's ever done it for like a little kids team or something, but <laughs> certainly at a professional level. And this is, uh, you know, there's a lot of criticism. Uh, about him being a blank slate coming into this, but in some ways, like this circumstance, it really seems to to benefit him where he can kind of make his own way, make his own, figure his own system out.
1: Yeah, it's it definitely seems like he's kind of figuring it out. And like, even in this stretch that they're in now where they're getting like, just about everything is going right for them. Um, they're not playing perfect right now. Like there definitely have been some games in this, stretch that they didn't really have any business winning but you know they are now getting some luck which they were getting approximately zero of through the beginning of the season so it's it's kind of all balancing out a little bit
0: getting some actual luck is pretty nice it's uh, something that I can lament that we have not gotten with the Flyers all season there has not been one ounce of luck nothing has gone right even like little things like I don't know half the roster staying healthy and (laughs) it's just terrible. But that also affects the phantoms where the flyers have had to have a number of call-ups. I looked at it yesterday. The flyers have, I think 10 players on LTIR, which is the most in the NHL. So, Call-ups has been a big thing. We've seen Max Wilman get extended time up there, where he was a a bigger name on the goal-scoring front for the Phantoms at the beginning of the season. And the most recent guy is really standing out is Gerald Mayhew, Jerry Mayhew, who I wasn't even I didn't even know existed until like last week, right? <laughs> and he's been one of the better flyers recently. And I, I'd love to talk about Mayhew for a few minutes because he's just. He kind of seems to have come in, come out of nowhere, but he's one of the few players consistently out there hustling, making smart plays. He had a really great goal the other night.
1: Yeah, and it's um, I feel a little bit bad watching him, um, at least at the NHL level, just because he's doing so much right and he's just giving it his all on every shift. And it's just like he doesn't quite have the puck skills or the finishing ability to like actually put up good numbers at this level but man he really is trying
0: he is really trying and i think everybody recognizes the hustle and like he's one of the few guys putting up like even decent advanced metrics where i which is stunning to hear about because who the hell is jerry mayhew i mean i I looked it up (laughs) he's an undrafted free agent he signed an amateur tryout with stop me if you've heard this one before with the recent flyers the iowa wild oh a wild flyers connection under chuck fletcher who would have thought and He's not really a guy who's played a ton, and he's just much much like Max Wilman, right? A guy who's just kind of come out of nowhere, worked his way up, and had some solid plays. I mean, it's not a savior by any means, but he is a guy that I've noticed out there and has been positive, and I I, I do appreciate that. But I mean, he's been with the Phantoms this uh, you know until a couple of weeks ago. Anything. To add, maybe, based on what you saw with him on the Phantoms, about what kind of player Jerry Mayhew is?
1: Honestly, it's, like, exactly the same. I mean, what you see with him with the Flyers is what you were seeing with the Phantoms. His game has translated really well. Just, uh, he was actually producing more tangibly with goals and stuff at the the AHL level, which is kind of understood, um, but yeah, I mean... It's it's kind of nice to see everything that, like skills-wise and work-wise, that was making him effective with the Phantoms, it is carrying nicely up with the Flyers, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> pretty much what you see is what you
0: get. What you see is what you get, that, that hustle, <laughs> that Rudy effort, and that's pretty much all you're getting out of Jerry Mayhew, but... Any silver lining right now? I will absolutely take it. Uh, so at the at the minor league level, at the AHL level, Mayhew had nine goals and seven assists, sixteen points, uh, third on the team after Cal O'Reilly and Adam Clendenning, who, in exactly you know the, yeah. I'm trying to think, they're not exactly puppies, right? They're There's some old dogs right there as far as the AHL level goes, and I, I'm not seeing. And part of this is because the Flyers have been calling guys up so often, but I'm not seeing a ton of the the younger prospect names up here. And I know part of that is due to injuries and call-ups and everything, but as far as those guys we would recognize from recent drafts and everything, like is there anybody standing out right now, anybody that we should be paying attention to that maybe has not on our radar?
1: Um you know, I saw this question in the outline, and I've been thinking about it since yesterday. It's like every, pretty much everybody who was standing out with the Phantoms or has stood out at some point this season is with the Flyers or has been in the mix with the Flyers recently.
0: It seems like that. I just wanted to confirm what (laughs) my suspicions were here because it certainly seemed like that to me.
1: I mean, most recently, um, Lena Sandine has really been Coming on and putting everything together again, he missed quite a bit of time with a fracture in his face, which was, like, really horrific.
0: That's not somewhere you want to be fractured. I think that's, like, bottom five places you want to be fractured.
1: Oh, it was really, really bad. But it's nice to see he's putting it together here, but, uh, yeah, now he's with the flyers. I actually don't know off the top of my head if presently right now he's, like, taxi squad or active roster, but he's in the
0: mix I thought I saw he was taxi squad along with Isaac Ratcliffe which is a, a name people might recognize from a few years ago who hasn't quite made the impact we would have liked he's one of those guys that when Hextall drafted him that was a reach everybody saw that as a reach but the hope was just due to his raw physical size like he'd be able to make something out of himself and I mean four goals six assists not quite the numbers you want in 31 games for a guy that you really hope would be more offensively, but he's with the taxi squad. Maybe he'll get some time.
1: Yeah. I, it looks like he's going to play on Saturday, which is, I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about, I, I don't know if I like it because I mean, like we you said, he hasn't been putting up huge numbers with the phantoms and I've found him to be a little bit streaky. Like he definitely has, the ability to kind of be more dominant in games and be a really good offensive driver but we just haven't seen it on a consistent basis
0: uh streaky sounds like a recipe for disaster with these like over excited flyers fans where we- we've seen so many prospects that have like one or two good games to start and then they just end up being legends in people's brains until like it, they'll play like two good games and then they'll never be good again. And just in people's brains, like they are just gold that they should never let go of.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's for me, it's just like a weird, a bit of a weird move them calling him up at this point. And I mean, I think Charlie might've made this point on Twitter that it's weird, but maybe they think at this point in his development, how much is he really gaining at the AHL level? And it's it's just kind of, sink or swim if they can toss him into an nhl role and he shows something then well that's something and maybe they can build on that but if not like where do you go from there it's just it's very very weird
0: oh for sure he's i mean he's a weird prospect he's a guy again he had high expectations you really hope that he would have come out and done more by now but he just hasn't and I guess we'll see. I am excited to, to potentially see him play, especially given some of the names that have appeared in the the Flyers' bottom six recently. I mean, for God's sake, Nick Seeler was playing left wing at one point recently, which is just abysmal. That shouldn't happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, kind of pulling back a little bit as I'm sort of talking through my thoughts here, in some ways it, it does make sense though calling him up like you the season's over effectively like you're not going to be making that push for the playoffs like they were expecting so now you've got to find other things that you can do this year that make it sort of productive and if that for the team is throwing guys into the NHL lineup and giving them a look and seeing what they can do at this level and kind of evaluating a bit more of their prospect pool through that, that might be something.
0: Now, given the, the number of call-ups that the Flyers have had recently and just how thin that has made the Phantoms lineup, who, who do you think the Phantoms are missing the most on a night-to-night basis that might be with the Flyers or the taxi squad right now?
1: Probably probably Jerry Mayhew or like Max Willman. They were some of their kind of bigger offensive drivers and also good energy guys. I think they're missing sort of more of the the pure skill that you get with like a Cam York or a Morgan Frost, but they're still kind of getting by, but I think Mayhew and Willman, you kind of expect to be more of the regulars there. So it feels like they're missing them a bit more, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, that absolutely makes sense. That energy guy. And again, th- these are guys that were actually scoring goals for the club. Uh, if you're looking at the stats, I mean, Willman and Mayhew are amongst the, the team's top scorers. I mean, Wilman had eight goals in 15 games for the Phantoms, and that is definitely not an insignificant number. That's actually a really great number. Mayhew had nine goals in 24. I mean, the only other guys with eight plus, you've got Garrett Wilson, Hayden Hodgson, and that's it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not a lot of scoring to go around uh, overall.
0: No, no, not quite. You you would hope for a little bit more. Now, you mentioned Cam York as a guy that this team might be missing, and I don't think they're getting him back because while he hasn't been, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily lit the world on fire with the with the Flyers, but... I think he's looked pretty good, and certainly given the quality of defense the Flyers have gotten this season, uh, you certainly can't do much worse than a lot of the names up there. So I've enjoyed Cam York. I think he's really showed his puck handling skills off. Uh, What what have you made of Cam York so far with the Flyers? Do you think he might be going back with the Phantoms, or do you think he is back with the Orange and Black to stay?
1: Uh, I mean, they better not send him back to the AHL, to be frank. I... I just, I really, really love his game just on a sort of personal level. He's definitely not been perfect. There's been some mistakes and some are uglier than others, but that's just, that's stuff that he can work out at the NHL level. It's not like they need to send him back so he can do that polishing. Like he's going to be doing it no matter what. So like he might as well. Keep him as an NHL regular because I think he's, he's given him a real boost. I mean, he's probably their best puck mover right now, or pretty close. I think the more reps you can get him at the NHL level at this point, like the better.
0: So, and the thing is with Cam York, when he makes a mistake, that's more of a developmental. Mistake. That's a a learning opportunity for him as opposed to, and not to single anybody out, but Keith Yandel is the guy I'm going to single out here. So my apologies to the the Iron Yan uh, over there. But at this point, like when Keith Yandel surrenders a just abysmal shorthanded goal, he ain't learning from that at this point in his career. Like that's just what, who he is. That's just what he's letting up. Whereas Cam York can say, okay, next time I have to take this angle instead, or I have to get back quicker or something like that, where a guy like keith yandel that's what he is so to get york playing time over or even a guy like nick sealer who much like mayhew is trying his best out there but his ceiling is a very low ceiling
1: yeah exactly like a lot of what york has to work on is just picking his spots and making sure that he's aware of things happening in the defensive zone and just getting accustomed to the pace of play at this level and you know there's going to be mistakes along the way nobody is expecting him to be perfect but uh, I think he's doing a really good job so far and I think he's only going to get better so might as well just give him the chance in
0: like we've sort of said a lost
1: season at this point to take his lumps and be good to go for next year
0: for sure. And I think taking his lumps is very important in his development. He really has done everything he can at the AHL level. And uh, the one area I've really enjoyed seeing York so far is on the power play. Mm-hmm. And the power play still has its issues, don't get me wrong, but I think he certainly looked better as a puck mover, more comfortable as a puck mover on that top power play unit. And I'm really glad Mike Yo's using him in that role over, say, Ivan Provorov, who just... I love Provi, but the guy is just not a power play quarterback. He simply isn't.
1: Yeah, could not agree more. And it's funny, I that was something that really, really stood out to me when he first made the jump to the AHL at the end of last season. The Phantoms had him getting pretty regular power play reps pretty much from the jump, and he was moving the puck so well. And I actually did a whole thing where I was mapping out, like visualizing the passing chains there and just how effectively they were able to funnel pucks to the net with him leading that power play. And it's kind of crazy how quickly that came together for him, because that's not really a huge thing that we saw from him at the college level. Um, Like he was good on the power play, but he didn't look this dynamic and that's been really, really exciting to see.
0: Yeah, I think he's looked really dynamic, and it's just a breath of fresh air, because the power play has been such a pain point for this team.
1: Yeah, and it's it's almost a little bit sad. I've I've caught myself, like, deep sighing a couple of times when uh, you see him make a pass to one of the forwards on the power play, and they just sort of bobble it a little bit, and I'm like, ugh. It's like they're almost not used to get, receiving those passes, so quickly and <laughs> just, like kind of right
0: they're just stunned like oh yeah. what's this oh what do i do with this <laughs> i forget who i saw on twitter say this but somebody had said something like uh like for a team that really loves to pass so much the flyers sure are crappy at it honestly not
1: wrong though
0: no not wrong at all it's just one of those sad but true things it's uh just terrible. But I mean, Cam York seems to be a step in the right direction. And I'm really glad he's with the club now. That was one of the bummers for me when the Flyers did sign Yandel was that I, I really thought he was blocking a good opportunity for York, but just due to some of the just awful injuries the Flyers have had to deal with, York is now getting his chance and looks to be in that lineup. And frankly, I expect a guy like Yandel to be dealt by the trade deadline if any team wants him. I, th- I think if a team would take a seventh for Eric Gustafson, they certainly would be willing to give up something uh, half decent for, you know, Keith Yandel, the Iron Man of the NHL right there.
1: Yeah, even just uh, for the story, like that's certainly got to be some cachet around the
0: league. You know, it's one of the few positive stories the Flyers have been run- able to run out there in recent weeks because people have crapped all over like any other attempt they've had to do. I mean... Just uh, I think, for instance, like they they released that gritty uh, mobile game the other day and people were like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this instead of concentrating on hockey. stuff." You're yelling at marketing. OK, this has nothing to do with Chuck Fletcher and hockey. I think Kurt said this in the Slack where he's like, I don't think Chuck Fletcher's ever even said the word gritty. Can somebody find me proof Chuck Fletcher has said the word gritty at any point? I
1: would love to know. I can't think of a time off the top of my head.
0: I can't either. I don't think he has. The only way he would have said it is talking about, like, I don't know, like a Tyler Pitlick type player. (laughs) That's the only way I can imagine him saying the word gritty. Yeah,
1: gritty, uh, not capital G gritty.
0: Exactly, exactly. Unless you're in Philadelphia, it's always a capital G gritty here. We like those gritty players. Now, not necessarily a gritty player, but... very much in the vein of Cam York, a guy I don't expect to be back with the Phantoms this year, is Morgan Frost. And uh, Morgan Frost is another player you could argue the Phantoms are missing. Uh, Three goals, 12 assists in 16 games. That was 15 points in 16 games, nearly a point per game pace. And Morgan Frost, again, is a guy who has certainly gotten his lumps at the NHL level. And you see him kind of shuffled all over the lineup. But at the same time, I I think given the skill that they're throwing out there on an everyday night, how can you not have Morgan Frost in the lineup? And, and for the most part, honestly, I, I have liked what I've seen out of him. I do feel more confident in him being a, a everyday NHL player now after seeing him in this uh, recent stint. But what, what have you thought of Morgan Frost since he's uh, come up with the Flyers?
1: He's been good. Um, A little up and down for sure, but I don't think that's unexpected for a young player still trying to find his footing in this league and for me he's kind of the same thing as york like you could send him back down and say i want you to work on xyz but it's mostly stuff that you could have him figuring out at this level too and he's gonna be fine so for me it's pretty clear at this point that he's an nhl player so i don't know how much he would benefit from being sent back down to the phantoms again i think Some stability is probably also the best thing for him at this point in his development. If you can just leave him in one spot, leave him with the flyers, and let him figure it out, that's going to be good. Because the last thing I would want to see is them yo-yoing him.
0: Oh, I know. I hate the yo-yo so much. And, uh, you know, Big Yo-yo is out there just wringing their hands hearing this. They don't like when their product gets talked about like this. I I know they have deep pockets Big Yo-yo, so. I got to watch what I'm saying. We'll be hearing from their lawyers. I will. I will. Over and over and over again. Sometimes in a dog walking motion. But to <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was a dad <laughs> joke right there. That but was so good. Going back to Morgan Frost, I mean, for the rest of the season, I really can't see how you can justify him being anything lower than 3C because just given. The issues they've had with Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes, like Sean Couturier, Chuck Fletcher said, the was it yesterday he did the press conference? But Fletcher said he might be out for the rest of the season, which is a huge blow to this team, and they need as much talent up at the top six as they can. And And the expectation is they're going to deal Claude Giroux by the trade deadline at this point. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't, but I actually might be a little shocked if they didn't. Claude Giroux is a guy who I think we're increasingly are expecting them to deal. So really your top centers without Claude Giroux, Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, it's like Scott Lawton and Morgan Frost.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, on a purely practical level, they are very short on options here. But yeah, I, you got to get him in at least the top nine role at this point. I kind of hated that little stretch where they had him playing on the fourth line. And I understood sort of what they were going for there. I mean, they had him with McEwen and I don't
0: remember who else, but I mean, it was probably like Willman or Mayhew, just somebody at the bottom of the lineup.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, I get the idea there. They want to have him with some like, hard worker, more gritty types who can sort of support him a little bit more in puck battles and stuff like that. But you see flashes of his offensive creativity in that role, and then he doesn't have the support from his linemates to actually finish on those chances because, unfortunately, they just don't have the puck skills to do it. Um, and for as much as he's talked about and the team has talked about the importance of getting his confidence back up. I I don't know how sticking him with lineups that can't finish on the chances he's creating is going to help that confidence. So just get him in a top nine role, let him figure it out and like actually give him some skilled line mates to work with. And then you're starting something.
0: There you go. Then you're starting something. Then, I, I just uh, no more fourth line for Morgan Frost, please. He's just too talented for that. I know he, he his defensive skills in particular really need some working on, but he's just too talented for a bottom six role. Or bottom bottom six is okay. It's the bottom three that bothers me.
1: Yeah, and it's like I, two seasons ago maybe time is escaping me, but like they had line. especially down on the, fourth the last line. two years. Yeah. Um, but like they had a game or two where they had Faraby down on the fourth line and it was like not working and you could see him getting frustrated and like trying to play more physically, but just not really working. I'm like, why are you trying to pigeonhole this player into this, you know, role that they don't fit in to try and teach a lesson? Right. Like it's not useful.
0: You're putting a, what is it? A, a round peg into a square hole or something like that? Yeah. Exactly. Square hole, you know, square peg into a round hole, whatever the saying is. It don't fit. <laughs> <laughs> now, one other guy I wanted to ask about, and uh, this is somebody I always think about, because after Cam York, as far as guys playing with the Phantoms, I think the next best prospect you think about defensively is Igor Zamola. How's Zamola look so far this season? Uh, can we expect to maybe see him get a stint with the Flyers if there's another injury, which I'll knock on all the wood I can for that? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get another look with the Flyers before the end of the season, just purely like for the same reason we talked about Ratcliffe getting a look, just another chance to evaluate him at this level, see what's going on, what needs working on. Sure. Um, but he's been a weird one for me this season, like where he hasn't really taken as big of a step forward as I was hoping he would. Um, I don't think he's been bad by any means but it's a couple of things like one of the big things he's really needed to work on is adding some more weight adding some more strength so that he can actually really totally hang at the AHL level but also you know ultimately at the NHL level and that just hasn't really happened yet Um, and he's still so young so like I'm not saying that it's absolutely never going to happen but that's kind of a big thing that's really holding him back at this point. And the other thing is just, there's always been a little bit of risk in his game. And at least at the junior level, you get a lot of reward from that. Um, but he's still kind of working on picking his spots. And there are definitely a lot of times where I see him going to make a play or going for a big stretch pass where just my whole body tenses up because. Oh no. Yeah. I've still found him to be a little turnover prone and, you know, it's, it's learning, but the longer we go where it hasn't like totally polished out or as much as you might like to see it polished out, uh, you start to get a little bit nervous. I'm not big nervous, but you know, it's something I'm keeping in the back of my mind for sure.
0: Big nervous. That's (laughs) the energy right there. Big nervous energy. Now, so I would like to see more out of Zamola, and it's a little disappointing to hear that he hasn't really, because this seems like a good opportunity for him to show that he can be like a legitimate defenseman, because if you can dominate at that level, you can really catch the eye of the organization and, and get a chance to come up, you know, I think a little bit more quickly. You kind of saw that with York, where they really couldn't. Keep like York down there over a Nick Sealer or something anymore because it just didn't make it, it make any sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Zamola's in a particularly sort of tough spot because moving slightly outside of the Phantoms scope for a second here. Uh, I do expect them at the end of his season to sign uh, Ronnie Adderd out of Western Michigan. And he's already got a a pro frame to use like a nauseating scouting jargon.
0: <laughs> you know what? Just use all this jargon you can. I'm yeah. all for it.
1: I'm turning into a hockey man. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's not too much physical maturing that he needs to do and he's sort of like a York where the jump from college to the AHL is not as dramatic as from junior to the AHL. So there's not a whole lot of polishing that I'm going to need to see in his game. And I think it's pretty easy to see, like envision a future where if he comes out of college, is good at the AHL, will get a look at the NHL level sooner or later, like that he will then kind of jump Zamola on the organizational depth chart not to put too much pressure on him to like figure it out quickly, but there there's some guys coming behind him. So, uh, we'll see.
0: Yeah. And so Adderd is what he's six, three, two Oh eight pounds. So, you know, not an insignificant size on him right there. Only a little shorter than, you know, my best friend Rasmus Ristolain and alliance <laughs> rejoice. Joyce, you know, uh, you know, about an inch shorter, about, uh, what is this, about, like, 10, 12 pounds later, so, like, he's he's right up there, though. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not trying to say that he could be a Risto replacement if, say, the Flyers were to deal a certain defenseman at the trade deadline, which, mind you, is, like, two months away. I cannot believe that the trade deadline is so far away at this point. It's just stunning to me, but I digress.
1: Yeah, it is, it's like I can't fully process it, but just completely lost my train of thought there but i would love to see we're talking about roddy yeah, Addered, yeah. Uh, i would love to see adder kind of step in as the risto line in replacement because he does a lot of the things that risto has sort of been billed as being really good at and has not
0: quite delivered on Does he clear the crease, Maddie? That's all I want. That's all I've wanted out of Ristolainen the entire season, and I haven't gotten it. It's made me very unhappy. Literally, all I want from Ristolainen, clear guys out of the crease, clear guys out of Carter Hart's point of view, viewpoint, and, like, he doesn't do it, and it drives me insane. Does Ronnie Hatter do that?
1: He sure does, Steve.
0: Oh, thank God. Thank God.
1: And he's a really good puck mover, too. He's, like, a little bit mean in his game, which is kind of fun. Okay
0: i like a little mean yeah
1: he's uh he's really fun i like him a lot
0: good i like mean i like fun that's that sounds like hockey to me let's get that <laughs> hockey let's do that hockey i'm into it now one of the big names that we had some expectations from seeing this year but unfortunately was injured was tyson forrester uh, what's the latest on tyson forrester
1: um i think he's still a ways away um it's been nice seeing him around. It's funny. I um I haven't been up to the Phantoms in person in a in a while. And I was talking to Tony recently. Like, have you have you seen Tyson Forster around? Like, has he been in the press box or like what's what's up with him? And he's like, oh, you know, I haven't seen him in a little bit. And then literally three days later, maybe Forster was in the press box at the Flyers, and I'm like, oh, so that's where he's been.
0: <laughs> Just hanging out, getting a feel for things. Finds his life. I mean, that's objectively you gotta think he's one of the top three most exciting prospects if you consider Morgan Frost and Cam York like with the team now
1: definitely and I think there's a chance that he might be able to get in for some games like at the tail end of the season it's not going to be for a while but it's nice that he's at least doing a bit of skating um so that's fun but yeah he's been definitely really exciting I think his development curve has been very steep in a good way um he's been coming along pretty quickly Uh, i do want to like temper that a little bit that that doesn't mean that he's going to keep developing at that exponential rate going forward (laughs) because i don't want people getting mad at him
0: listen the guy can shoot don't get mad. The guy can shoot. He just has to learn how to skate, which uh, they didn't teach Matt Strom how to skate. So I don't know if I trust this organization to teach guys how to skate. But he's been doing a lot I, I don't better. know it, which one, Stro or Forster. Forster.
1: That was something <laughs> I talked a lot about last year. That like seeing him with the Phantoms, I felt like some of the skating concerns had been a little bit overblown, and I think as he's continuing to get stronger that's also helping him out a bit, but yeah, it's, it's not like a huge issue.
0: Okay, good, good. Cause that was really like what everybody talked about when he was drafted. Like, oh, he's got a killer shot. Can't skate for shit.
1: Yeah. Like he's going to be fine. I mean, I don't expect him to ever be a burner at the NHL level, but you know, he's, he's going to be fine. His kind of edge work in smaller spaces and, All that is fine. He's quick enough in zone. It's just he's got to work on the straight line speed and the stride a little bit. And that's, like I said, going to come with getting a little bit stronger and just kind of working on the mechanics there. But he's not like a technical disaster like Strom was when he was drafted. Um, so I'm I'm really not
0: worried. All I need from Forrester is to get into the circle and the power play where Ovechkin hangs out and just blast power play goals all day. That's all I want is you to be Alex Ovechkin. No high expectations or anything.
1: Yeah, uh, I will say we didn't get a ton of looks, but we got a couple at the end of last season with York just kind of teeing him up for one timers on the Phantoms power play. And it was so fun. So I'm so looking forward to a future with the Flyers where that is happening.
0: Well, and that was one of the big issues with the Chuck Fletcher presser yesterday. And I, I think a lot of the the fan unhappiness with the Flyers is the the level of talent in the pipeline right now. So, uh, you know, Forrester really is the t- the top end of that. And I would say York as well. And you really have to hope those guys pan out and they were both Chuck Fletcher picks. So it would be really nice if both those guys end up being higher end talent guys and then we can supplement it with whatever hopefully high draft pick the Flyers are going to end up getting this season.
1: Yeah, and it's so funny how the sort of overall discourse around the prospects has shifted over the last couple of years. Uh, I think definitely there was a while that. People were overvaluing a little bit or maybe being just a bit too optimistic with a lot of the hexal picks. But now, because everything is going badly with the fires and the sentiment overall is souring, it's like every single prospect in this pipeline sucks.
0: Oh, I know. And even Bob Clark came out and basically said that, which blew my mind that he would make a comment like that when he did the Cam and Strick podcast. He, he really like took a shit all over a lot of the recent prospects that were drafted, or not the recent prospects, but all the Hextall prospects. And it's like, they got a lot of good players. It's just the problem was the ceiling on a lot of those players, especially the best ones, you know, not exceptionally high. It's pretty medium ceiling for a lot of those guys. Like Joel Farabee is, I think, a really good NHLer right now. But, you know, what's Joel Farabee ceiling? How high can he really score? The same thing with Travis Konechny. Like, those are probably... Those two and Travis Sanheim and obviously Carter Hart are your best players drafted under Hextall. And Carter Hart might end up being a stud still because, you know, he's been really good, but it's hard to judge him given the defense playing in front of him this season. And obviously last season wasn't very good. But and Travis Sanheim is so up and down and half the fan base just loathes him at this point. He's the new Braden Coburn. It's wild. But I, I don't know, man. It's just like. It kind of drives me nuts a lot of these perceptions, but I mean, for the most part, they've drafted some pretty good players, but the problem is like getting that high end talent. And you really hope that not to put too much pressure on Forrester and York, but these guys end up being a little higher on that end. I'm really not sure. I mean, York, I've heard evaluations putting him kind of all over the map of what his ceiling is as far as uh, being a starting defenseman, in the NHL, um, where where would you say based off the looks you've given him, like you think he's like a potential first pairing guy, or is he just like a second pairing guy? Tops based on what you've seen.
1: I've sort of always likened him to like a Matt Grizzly on the Bruins, where on a like in a very deep defense group, he's probably a good second pair guy. In a, a thinner group, you could put him on your first pair. And he will be fine, but sort of in between there. um, That's kind of where I've always viewed his ceiling to be. I don't think he's like a sure thing, first pair defenseman. Uh, I would love if he turned into that. But the kind of safer projection for me feels like that sort of little bit tweener.
0: Yeah, that I mean, that sounds about right. I, I Honestly, if he turns into a guy who can just, like, fire away on the power play, I'll be happy at this point. And, and Forrester, you know what? If you drafted two great power play players, I'm going to be very happy. Yeah, I mean, that would uh, sure be a boost. Power play hasn't been good since Braden Shen got traded, and I hate to give any pre- <laughs> credit to Brayden Shen, who I thought was fine, and his trading was overblown by certain people like Bobby Clark. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's just like... I will I, I will give them credit on that. The power play has not been good since Brady Shen got traded. So I would like to see a good power play again. Yeah. Now, the one area we have not addressed so far is goaltending. Felix Sandstrom has logged quite a few games for the team right now. And by the way, I did figure out how to get all of the goaltender stats on the AHL site this time. For some reason, they have like two settings and you have to click onto like the other setting to get all the goaltender. Like there was like minimum. And I guess maybe these other goaltenders didn't play the minimum amount of games to be counted. I don't friggin' know, but let's talk about Felix Sandstrom who got one game with the flyers did pretty well in that he is four, nine and three. And wait, I forgot. There's the extra category. No, it's just listed as four, nine and three. Okay, great. AHL stats. He's got a shutout (laughs) 302 GAA 4, 9, and 3, as I said. And what's that save percentage? I love looking up stats. 8.97 save percentage, which is less than ideal. But if you also look at the defensive names playing in front of him, not exactly a bunch of household names playing in front of him. So what do you make of Felix Sandstrom so far? Do you think this is a guy who, let's say, the Flyers get a little spicy at the trade deadline and deal Martin Jones, as I saw the Oilers were trying to do earlier this season. Do you think sandstrom is a guy that could step in there and be the nhl backup
1: yeah he's been uh he's been pretty good with the phantoms i mean it's been tough just in part like the the sort of wins losses record is a little bit deceiving because they were not <laughs> like winning any games at the beginning
0: of the season it's always tough to judge goalies by that metric really i mean i always read the the wins and losses and everything but like if it's a bad team, it's like Carter Hart's numbers are actually pretty good, but his win-loss record is abysmal because the team sucks in front of him.
1: Yeah, and it it was uh, a pretty similar situation with Samstrom, at least earlier in the season. And even now that they're figuring it out a bit more, they're still giving up a lot defensively, but uh, he's been pretty good. He's a little bit more... How do I say this? Streaky isn't quite the right word. It's like... When he's good, he's really good. When he's bad, he is really bad. Um, we've seen a, a few more of those swings than I would like to see. But, you know, he's still settling in at this level. And overall, he's been good. He definitely kept them in a lot of games that they had no business being in early in the season. But, yeah, I I think if they the Flyers do move Jones, around the deadline, if they brought Sandstrom up to be the backup, I think he would be fine.
0: Okay, good, good. That's at least reassuring for some of the fire sale that we could be looking at. I mean, I don't really know who else we could really look at as potentially coming up because it feels like most of these guys that would come up if there is a fire sale are already up. Uh, The one other guy I really wanted to mention today is Wade Allison, who he just came back up for the flyers and immediately got hurt again, is going to be hurt through the all-star break. And two questions about that. Is this just his lot in life? Is he just like cursed or something? And then on top of that, before he, he was with the flyers, he had a few games with the phantoms. How did he look in those games? And can can we just, is the, I, I just want Wade to be good and fun and healthy. That's all I want.
1: Yeah. I, um, I have such a hard time with this because I really want to be careful about just slapping the injury-prone label on, especially a young player like this. Um, He has been hurt a lot, that's for sure. Um, If I am to take any solace in anything, it's like it's been different things. Uh, Like right now he has an MCL sprain, strain one of those uh, but at least it's not the knee that he hurt before. So like, I don't know that's something, but I don't know. I think more and more, it seems like he's like going to be a guy who probably deals with some stuff every season regularly, but I don't know. I still like his upside. He was fantastic when he was down with the Phantoms. I, I understood why they wanted to kind of ease him in down there but watching him overall is like he shouldn't be playing at this level
0: (laughs) well he's just so much fun and he really is an ideal bottom sixer he is a guy who you can inject into the game gives you energy but he's also like it's it's not like a zach ronaldo energy right where everybody's like oh zach ronaldo is an energy guy but all zach ronaldo would do is like lay out guys on ill-advised hits get suspended for 15 games and get the team a, a costly major penalty at the end of the game like we're a fight that he loses and the other team gets energy like you know it's just like ronaldo won a lot of those fights he just it doesn't make a difference like i want a guy who's actually coming in being a little chaotic right kind of pissing off the other team and and really just injecting your team with positive things, like shots on goal and just mucking it up. And like like when Travis Konechny's on his best night, right? Like he's truly injecting energy into the team and pissing off the other guys.
1: Yeah, and there's just so much to like about the package that Allison brings. It's like good energy, like you said, with some actual <laughs> offensive skill. It's not hard to see that translating well to the nhl level he's just so much fun so much fun
0: so much fun for a team that desperately needs fun in any way people are so miserable we can just get fun out of these games that we're losing that'll at least be something
1: yeah
0: (sighs) well i'm praying for fun i will be over here praying for fun and and praying for continued Phantom's uh, success here because it, it certainly seems like Lappy's doing something right now, and the team is headed in the right direction. So, hopefully, next time we speak, they will be above five hundred and uh, doing fairly well. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, folks, that's all we got for you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback, the best place to reach us is on Twitter. You can reach Maddie at Madeline Campbell, and what's the letter that's missing in it in Twitter? Drop the last e. Drop the last E in Madeline Campbell. So that's where you can reach Maddie. You can reach me at FlyPerbole or at S-Day Bomb. But if it's for hockey, make it FlyPerbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Folks, thanks so much for listening. Stay safe out there. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey.